Welcome to the Freshman Foundation Podcast, helping you make the jump from high school athletics to the collegiate level and beyond with your host, Michael Huber. Hey everyone, it's Mike Huber, founder and CEO of the Freshman Foundation and certified mental performance consultant. If you're listening to this episode, then you're likely a student athlete or family member of one. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Hopefully you find our podcast valuable. Mental performance coaching allows young athletes to show up at their best every single day by conquering distractions, pressures, and mental roadblocks through evidence-based strategies. So let's talk. You can visit my website at michaelvsinvincenthuber.com to schedule a free strategy session. Let's see if mental performance coaching is a fit for your family. Enjoy this episode, and thank you again for listening. How is Dominique Shannon building a development-first youth basketball program? AAU basketball isn't always viewed in the most favorable light. Detractors argue that there's an overemphasis on winning, physical overuse for the athlete, and no real team cohesion. However, not all AAU programs are created equally. My guest, Dominique Shannon, is program director for All In Sports based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He is a former basketball player that has coached in both high school and college. Dominique left a job in corporate America to pursue his vision for All In Sports, a basketball program that would emphasize the development of young athletes. In seven years since it was founded, All In Sports has attracted over 100 players by developing a community-oriented, highly collaborative team culture. In episode 49, Dominique shares his passion for preparing young athletes for success on and off the court. I'm excited for this conversation. Let's build your foundation with Dominique Shannon. Dominique, how are you, man? I'm well, I'm well. Another day to get it right. Yeah, sure is. So uh, I guess to get started, let me ask you, like, what was your inspiration or yeah, what was your inspiration for starting All In Sports Club? Uh, resources, outreach for the youth. Um mm-hmm. I was working corporate uh, when I had the idea of the program All In Sports, and the idea came about because I was really uh, without the youth. My job kept me away. I was commuting, good job, good pay, um, but it wasn't fulfilling. It gave me a lot of the foundation that I have now with the business principles, business understanding. I worked for Enterprise Rent a Car for seven years, okay, um, and working there just gave me a good understanding, but it also gave me the understanding that. You know, this isn't what I want long term. And what I want was something uh, engaging with the youth, uh, which also turned into a lot of community engagement, um, you know, again, which is, you know, more fulfilling and more purposeful. So that's what led me down the path. Well, I, I didn't know that about you coming into this, but I have to say we have uh, that in common. So, you know, I was in corporate for a long time. I was in business for about 20 years and I had the same um you know, I came to the same understanding that this is not what I want to do with my life. And I know from my own perspective, it was a really hard choice. It took me a long time to sort of make that transition because of all the things I would be leaving behind, namely financial stability. So how long did it take you to sort of get from the point where you were thinking, hey, I got to, I want to get out of this and get into something more meaningful to the point that you actually went ahead and did it? Uh, Several months. Myself and my I have uh, four younger brothers, so it's five boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brother right under me, his name is Jeff. We call him Bruiser. 
Um, he was also the district manager for Lids at the time that I was working for Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think me and him both talked about leaving our jobs for maybe five months, six months before I actually pulled the trigger. I remember where I was. I, I called him first, too, to let him know, hey, it's the day. I was, uh, this is when Taco Bell breakfast first started. I was driving a <laughs> minivan. <laughs> I was driving a minivan, um, dropping off a customer and uh, decided to make a pit stop. A pit stop I wasn't supposed to make. Grab something to eat, called my brother. And I'm like, it's today. Like mm -hmm. early in the morning, I just felt it. Um, but just over the position, like I said, it, it taught me a lot, but mm -hmm. it's past it. And um yeah, you know, and, and the rest is history. And then he left his his gig not too far after that. So mm -hmm. I may have been the push that he needed or we were the push for each other because we were both, you know, transitioning around the same time. So when you make the decision, <clears throat> when you made the decision, did you know exactly what you wanted it to be? I mean, how how different does it look today than than it looked in your mind, you know, seven years ago? Um. So when I left Enterprise, so I was, I was, I was doing some, you know, basketball development, skill development, wasn't coaching mm -hmm. at the time. And then um, once I actually left, I was asked by a friend to come assistant coach. And that's what really led me to, you know, where I am with my coaching journey now. Um, I really didn't know what it would turn into. Um, of course, I had this big vision of, you know, wanting the gym, which, which is still an end goal. Um, but now that I'm in going into year seven, yeah, year seven, um, it's steps, <laughs> you know, it's steps. Like, of course, in your mind, you just see the bigger picture, the facility, mm -hmm. you know, serving the community, uh, the youth running up and down the court, just, you know, a lot of love. But, you know, there's love and, and steps, you know, before you can actually achieve that. And, you know, we're just doing our time right now. But um, it's not where I wanted to be yet, but it is fulfilling. A lot of uh, re outreach a lot of our uh, resources and, you know, just providing mm -hmm. uh, the, the resources for the youth is making it worth it. So you're in Grand Rapids, right, Michigan? Yes, sir. So is that who you're serving predominantly? Is it the Grand Rapids community or is it bigger than, than that? Uh, we do have a few families that, uh, that travel. It's a travel program that we do mm -hmm. offer. Initially, it started off as strictly developmental, um, but we started adding teams uh, just about three years ago. Three years ago, we started off with, uh, one team, uh, a split of like a first, second, and third grade team. We had a, a, a wild mixture of kids at the time, and now we're up to 10 teams. Um, second grade all the way up to 10th grade on the boys' side, and then we have a, a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade girls' split. Um, so the program has grown. Um, the following has grown, and there's a lot of love uh, that we've received from the Grand Rapids community, so we're thankful for that. Um, but, yeah, we're looking to grow it even more. So uh, I'm, I'm interested about the philosophy of the program because I know there are a lot of, regardless of sport, whether it's basketball with AAU or other sports with, with travel clubs and different, you know, sorts of competitive high-level sports, every club has, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, they have a philosophy, they have an angle, right? So like, what's the differentiator for your clubs all in sports versus maybe some of the other clubs in the community that, that you know, for lack of a better way to put it, you're competing with? Um, it's a couple of different things, uh, resources and the, the man leading the program. Um, and even just the knowledge that we have amongst ourselves from myself to, uh, Tremaine, who you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, and even my, 
my assistant director, uh, Landon Michener. Um, we all bring a different skill set. Um, mm-hmm. We all trust one another. And that's where it starts. That's the foundation of the program. Um, again, would be the, the resources and the, uh, the knowledge that we're able to pass with myself, um, coaching, high school, playing collegiate for a year, mm-hmm. um, also coaching collegiate as well, um, and sharing those experiences and Tremaine uh, playing professionally overseas, now running, mm-hmm. you know, a very uh, profitable and a very uh, strong basketball development program. Um, and then Landon, a uh, very, very active guy in the community, very positive, uh, family influential guy, um, just bringing all of us together and pouring it in one pot, stirring the pot, and now <laughs> we're pouring it into the cup of the youth. Um, I think that's what really separates us. Another thing is just the the, the development piece. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of programs have the, the travel side, but the, the main thing that we're after uh, at All In is the development. There aren't any kids receiving scholarships in the second, third, fourth, fifth grade. So, you know, just to have that intensity or just that urgency, I think that, you know, it's a bit soon, but the the main thing is just development and teaching. Um, within the program, we're open, you know, with, with the coaches. The only way we can learn is if we, you know, sharpen each other. So, you know, we do ask, of, you know, I ask a lot of myself being receptive of feedback. Um, and then also just all the coaches that we have, you know, we bounce things off one another. So, it, you know, it helps the program grow in the right direction. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as somebody who works in youth sport myself with, with individual athletes and a coaching practice, you know, and and as a parent, frankly, of young people, um, development is just, it's so overlooked and it's, it's, it's really, it's really upsetting for me because there's so much emphasis put on the outcomes and the result and this long-term belief that there's going to be some pot of gold at the end of the rainbow versus really, are we trying to develop not only better players, but better individuals, better human beings. And I think that that's, that's huge. And there's nothing wrong with being competitive, right? You know, I think that's part of what sports teaches us. Yeah. That's why we're in it. Right. But we have to put it into the perspective of the children, right? If they're competitive for the sake of being competitive and that's what they love to do, they like to win. That's awesome. Right. But if we're the ones putting that pressure on them to win, when all they want to do is have a good time and learn, well, then that's, that's on us. Right. Like I believe even when you look at the environment or just like the, the actual physical environment of a mm-hmm. basketball game, um, the crowd is right on top of the, of the athlete. Um, with just about every other sport, you know, you're kind of removed from the action. You know, you're not really hearing the conversations or, you know, the things that are going on on the football field or maybe, you know, at a mm-hmm. hockey game. Um, but with basketball, you're right there. And I believe even just with the crowd being there, there's so much influence you know, on the student, on the, especially at the younger ages, there's so much influence um, that it causes the commotion that we see in, in youth sports. Um, you know, we, I've seen a lot of videos and a lot of conversation with, you know, parents fighting and, re- you know, jumping on referees. And mm-hmm. I just think there's, there's a coach there. Allow the coach to be the coach. And I mean, I think, I think that's the struggle, but at the same time, I don't have any children, but I'm, I'm sure being a parent and watching your son or daughter compete, there's little tidbits that you want to spit out there and there's little things that you want them to do in the same breath. Um, even, I mean, just to take it one step further, if, you, if they are that collegiate athlete or if they are that professional athlete, there isn't any conversation during the game. So I think the game time is really supposed to be 
you know, when they're really developing and listening to the coach um, versus, you know, the, the, the consistent conversation that may be coming from the parent, it can be conflicting, especially for a young mind. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. It just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. No, it was last weekend. My daughter's almost 12. She plays soccer. And I've coached her in soccer. Not that I'm a soccer expert, but I've coached her for a number of years. And that's sort of coming to an end now. And she had a game over the weekend. And I was on the sideline as a parent. And I started to give her one tidbit, right? Like one piece of instruction. I'm not the guy that yells like I know better. But I saw that she was struggling with something that yeah. she could have done better. And I was like getting on her and she like snapped back at me. And after the game, we were going back and forth. And she said, listen, dad, she's like, I have a coach. Let the coach coach me. And, it, and if, and, and if I need to be coached, I'll ask my coach. And I was like, you know, she put me in my place, you know, and, and my ego got in the way of like, Hey, I know what I'm talking about. Why don't you listen? But she's right. Right. Like I could be contradicting what she's being taught. Right. And I don't know any more or le- and I probably know less than her coach. Right. And so I fight that urge all the time, especially with sports I know more about, like a basketball or, or baseball, because it's not it's not my job. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it's really important that we let the coaches coach. And so I guess that leads me to a question for you. Right. Like, what are some of the things that you look for in the coaches that you employ? Um. One is presence, um, especially with kids. You have to be able to keep them engaged. Um, as I mentioned, our program starts at second grade. So um, just understanding the mind of a, of a child, <laughs> a, a young lady or a young boy, they're all over mm-hmm. the place. And, um, you know, keeping practices, you know, their energy, energy has to be there. Mm-hmm. I think that goes into the, uh, the presence, but also just remembering to have fun, like just that's the philosophy. Like what, what we, what we tend to do is um, we also give a lot of coaches, you know, first time uh, coaching opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, which has been a, a huge success for the program. Um, men and women wanting to coach, um, not having that outlet. Uh, we've been able to provide that. And, you know, even if it is their first time, you know, we'll assist them along the way, allow them to get their feet wet, but also, you know, again, um, give guidance, you know, even, even not having any coaching experience or, you know, just having a passion for the game, there's ways of going about it. You know, there's structured ways. And, and then even just the, the outlet of uh, YouTube or just all the resources that we have now, we yeah. can really dive into the game and it creates a lot of conversation. So we have built um, a ton of relationships here with the uh, coaching staff as well. That's great. So I guess I want to ask you about your own basketball career. So when did you start playing basketball as long as i can remember <laughs> i would say that uh football was my first love though mm-hmm. football was was uh, what i truly truly enjoyed um as a kid and played basketball um but football was it for me uh mm-hmm. that changed um as i went into high school and that's honestly the biggest i would say the biggest regret that i have not continuing to play football um but for me yeah just as, as long as i can remember um going to the park I live right across the street from my from my school growing up and just stayed at the park stayed outside I'm 35 so I I come from the era of being outside and you know drinking water from the water hose so um, (laughs) right being outside all day (laughs) yeah and that's one of the philosophies that we have too like I understand now um as a kid I was active just riding bikes you know uh, Mm -hmm. roller skating whatever it may have been not realizing that everything that I was doing was developing my body 
So even amongst or just within the conversation that we have with the kids, you know, they're kids, you know, they still should have fun. They still should have different experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not one that will say that um, there's a lot of conversation about kids playing too much of one sport. I don't believe that. Um, But I do believe that there's certain things that need to be well-rounded because different sports or just different activities develop muscles and develop your body differently. And that's a big difference, honestly, in in certain uh, grade levels. You know, some kids may have certain skills, but sometimes your body isn't developed or someone may just be a little bit more strong, a little bit more tone. And Mm -hmm. you can see it in the third grade. You can see it in the fourth grade. You can see the difference in the fifth grade. Um, So that's another philosophy that, the program really preaches as well, just, you know, developing your body and um, staying active. Yeah. So what, what led you at that point where you decided to focus on basketball? Like what was the reasoning behind that, that choice? Uh, lazy and, and lack of confidence. Um, so my freshman year, I attended Ottawa Hills high school in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, I played football through the first, I think the first week, second week, and I also joined the team late. Um, I was working some of the summer and um, I, I quit. I quit because I felt like I should have. I was entitled. I was entitled, didn't understand how to work for it. Um, and then he also didn't really have a, a real sincere understanding of how to develop my body either. Mm-hmm. So I was losing that battle. Um, and then I transferred to um, East Kentwood High School and I just didn't even bother to go out because I had quit and I just was more focused on basketball at that mm-hmm. time. Okay. So, I mean, in terms of like your basketball development, like what, at what point did you realize that maybe you had the chance to be, to play at a college level? Uh, not until I got to college. Um, I actually walked on. Um, okay. I would say I was a late bloomer, even with my height. I wasn't, I wasn't tall. I'm six two now, but I didn't really, stretch until I got into college. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my roommates played on the hoop, on the hoop squad the year that I walked on. Um, when I initially got there, I tried to uh, walk on my freshman year. I didn't walk on until my junior year. Um, freshman year, it was just a weird situation with the coach and he wasn't really open to the idea, which was, you know, a bit odd. I was a freshman, but the conversation that I was receiving, you know, it would likely be an opportunity there, mm-hmm. um, which it wasn't. But just stayed after played in the rec leagues. Um, and then a new coach came in and, you know, a new opportunity presented itself. And, um, you know, I was able to walk on. I was redshirted this year, um, grades, and then also body development. Uh, grades was the main thing, um, but they also didn't want me to lose a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they tried to preserve me. And the reason I say tried is I was still – um, after I took my classes in the summertime, I took the necessary credits to get me caught up. But when you're um, within the NCAA clearinghouse, you know, it's it's a little different. Um, at the time, only seven credits would count towards eligibility, even though I, if I would have taken a full load of eight, mm-hmm. 12, I took a load of eight. Um, but it all counted towards graduating, but it didn't count towards my eligibility. So that kept me um, from playing um, college mm-hmm. basketball. And after that, it was it was a wash. So I just, you know, I had to walk away. There wasn't any way for me to get caught up. But uh still was a lot of lessons learned. I had a good experience. You know, I had the, the travel, the gear, you know, the whole collegiate right. athlete experience. So I still took a lot away from it. That's interesting. I, I'm curious about high school, though. Like, did you have the, were you like, did you want to play college basketball and you just didn't have the opportunity 
as you were coming out of high school at first, or were you sort of resigned to the fact that basketball was over for you and you were just moving on? Um, I would say a little bit of both. Like, I mean, there wasn't really, I knew I didn't have the numbers, um, or even just the, you know, the following or the appeal coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. So I knew it wasn't any type of recruitment that was going to come. Um, but I mean, the goal was just to get to a college campus and, you know, see what happened. And it wasn't really basketball that led me there. It was, you know, the education piece, grabbing a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was there, you know, I just still happened to have a, a love and a passion for the game and, you know, just decided to give it a try and, and see what happened. And, you know, I came out with a victory, but not the victory I was hoping for. Yeah, well, right, exactly. And a lot of the people that I talk to in on this podcast, that idea of we think we want one thing. Right. And it's not until we realize there's something else out there for us that really matters that do we really become successful. Right. Right. Whether it's I want to become a coach, I want to become a business owner, I want to become something else. Like once you have that purpose beyond sports, then you're using all the experience and you're applying it to this new um, new goal. Right. right. And and so one of the philosophies I have, and I'm not saying that this is just my opinion, but I tend to think or find that. The, the former athletes who weren't stars, who weren't great at what they played, tend to be better coaches because they can put themselves into the shoes of the athletes that they're coaching more easily, meaning they didn't always have it easy or they made mistakes or they didn't play a lot. So they, it's easier for them to relate to the player. Like, are there any experiences along the way, whether it was high school, AAU, during that time in college that you like take from as a player? and apply now in, in your work as a coach and a program developer, et cetera? I wouldn't say there's one specific experience. I do. I will say that my college coach did help me understand how to approach coaching the team. I Honestly, I never mm-hmm. uh, pictured myself coaching. I never said I wanted to be a coach. Um, it really just it happened, and I love it. Um, but it was a book that he had us read. Uh, Frankie Smith was my coach, and um, – the book is called uh, questions are the answers and it is, it, it, it sticks. I actually still have the book. Um, it was a good read. And even just the, the title of it is, is very thought provoking for me. Um, but that's one thing that I, I would say I apply to a lot of the concepts, even just outside of basketball, just, I mean, mm-hmm. it's questions are the answers. So, you know, how do we get to that outcome? But, um, but just to say, I draw from one specific thing. Mm-hmm. I would say that might be the only thing for me. Okay, but I like. But I, I've never heard of that book. But but I'm a big believer in asking questions, right? And asking questions of the young people and giving them the understanding that they have a say in their development, right? right. And having them figure out some of the challenges along the way for themselves, as opposed to the adults like us telling them what they need to to know and what they need to do. I mean, does that, as a coach, does that resonate with you? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I would say that's very human-like, you know, of course, even just, um, reflecting and, and, and being empathetic and things of that nature, yeah. you know, that, it, yeah, that definitely resonates. Okay. So what's, what's the ultimately now that you're seven years along, you're adding teams, like what's what's the vision or the goal for the program? Ultimately, do you have like some milestone or some thing that you want to achieve down the road that you're shooting towards? Um, a milestone that we recently accomplished. Um, we have a 100 kids in the program. 
Okay. Um, which Congratulations. Is, thank you. Thank you. Which is, like I said, fire. Like just, I wasn't thinking this fire, you know, but now mm-hmm. I'm here. We're adjusting and we're growing. Um, but, you know, just in, in regards to my, I also coach high school basketball. I would say okay. there's more of a, more milestones there than with the program. The main thing for the program for me is, is just development. Um, the trophies are great. Um, but that isn't the end all be all. I mean, even once kids get to the, the high school level, it isn't even about the trophies. Then you just want to compete and show what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the trophies are like, again, a sweet reward. We're competitive. We're out there playing. We do want that. Don't get me wrong. We do want to win. Yes. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it's not, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not the end of the story. You know, again, we're, we're competing for scholarships, uh, developing character, like those are the main things uh, that we're after with the program. Um, but just milestones, I would love to see, you know, down the road, some of our young men come through the program and young ladies, you know, get offered scholarships, um, them continue on their dreams. Um, but I mean, even beyond that, just just growing, like it's, it's really the humanitarian efforts that are mm-hmm. really pushing the program. So um, just seeing the young men grow, seeing the young ladies grow, um, the coaches that come, you know, through the program as well, just everything that we have going on is beautiful. Yeah. So like, are there specific elements of development that you focus on, like certain principles or things that like you're looking at and saying like, these are the things that we want to bring out in the young people that we coach? I would say, um, naturally I'm a shooter. So I'm, I'm always, um, dissecting somebody's shot, looking at their form, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, my, my thought with that is I, you can't train everyone the same yes. um, because people are going to be at different areas, um, even just body development, uh, footwork, uh, ball. There's so many components that go into it. Um, so, I mean, there's there's drills that you can do as a unit and still get, um, excuse me, and still uh, be productive and still see growth. Um, but at the same time, each person um, does they maneuver different? They think different. Mm-hmm. Everything about them is different. So you know, even just me working for Enterprise, you know, I was managing personalities and managing people, and it's really no different than with the coaching element. Um, understanding that I can talk to this kid, you know, aggressively and get a reaction, and then or just get the reaction that we need, or just this young man over here, maybe I got to pat his back a little bit, you know, before I give him some conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, being flexible within understanding who you're managing at the moment um, is, is real big as well. Yeah. I mean, I certainly subscribe to that philosophy as a coach and I've been a manager of people too, so I get it. Um, but, I, but I think the word that comes to mind when you're describing that, the word that came to mind was, you know, it, there's a certain level of care that's required, right. About what you're doing, about the people you're doing it with to make the effort to get to understand each of those people individually, because I mean, the reality is, is that there are a lot of coaches out there who don't coach that way, right? right? It's my, it's my style. It's my philosophy. It's my program. It's my way or the highway. And, you know, it works for some, don't give me, you know, it works for some, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. But that's important to understand, right? Because a lot of times, you know, we're influenced by the coaches who coach us, right? For a lot of people. And that's the way that people learn, right? So, you know, we take, we take what we learn from other people and we try to apply it and right. It doesn't, it doesn't work for you. And it's important to understand that. Um, so like, what do the coaching staffs look like? I mean, do you have one coach per team? Do you have, um, 
people who volunteer to assist? Like, what are the, what's your staff look like? Yeah, we uh, have at least one per team, but it's ideal for me to have two mm-hmm. more eyes. You know, even uh, being a coach, if you're the head coach, you're managing the game. It's tough to manage the game and the bench. You yep. know, when the players are coming out the game and they need certain conversations or maybe need a little motivation pumped into them, it can mm-hmm. be tough. So um, some of our teams, we don't have uh, two coaches. You know, I'll sit on – I don't coach a team. I'm just – the, uh, the founder and the program director, mm-hmm. but I will sit on the bench. I will, you know, we in the coaches, we do rotate. So as I mentioned, you know, we're all growing our relationship. So if one doesn't have one, we understand, hey, it's, it's good to have another set of eyes, another voice um, just to round out the team. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, you know, obviously as a program director, there's a set of challenges that, you know, you have, right, in terms of running a business, right, and growing the business building awareness, trying to make it bigger, get more kids into the program. So like, what are some of the day-to-day things that you deal with in your role in that capacity that, you know, might be challenging for you? Or like, what are some of the things that you do that, you know, are hard? Um, Managing, managing working 40 hours a week and then also managing the, the program. Um, mm-hmm. Emails are coming through daily. Um, inboxes to our social media are coming through daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, I work at a middle school, so I'm consistently um, entertaining or you know conversing with a, a kid or two. So um, there's flexibility in what I do uh, with my job at work, uh, which is very very appreciated. Um, but I mean, just just the, the the logistics of just that running a business, yeah. communicating effectively, communicating everything that needs to be communicated. <laughs> Uh, responding in a good time. Um, I mean, even just making sure I make it to practice on time or just right. Being able to manage everything that I have to manage within a 24 hour window. Um, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's very, very challenging. I would say one thing that, uh, allows for so much flexibility in my life. I don't have any kids nor wife. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm still just, you know, me. So that's, that's a benefit. Um, but it's it's definitely a challenge. I mean, even from ordering jerseys to getting merch, um, getting basketball, just just making mm-hmm. sure that we have everything that we need, and even you know finding time for myself and all of yeah. that organized <laughs> right. chaos. You know, so I definitely need moments of woosai and time to myself. Um, so that could be challenging as too challenging too. Um, but I also find fun in that as well. Just being able to navigate something that I'm enjoying. Um, you know, it has its, its low moments, but there's definitely more high than the low. So, um, I'm challenged every day, every day. Yeah. Well, I can relate to that too, because I'm in the same boat, you know, trying to build a business, doing a lot of different things to keep, keep the ship going, you know, and, and trying to like, just navigate it all. It's hard, but when you're doing something that you love, you know, and then there's purpose in that and that you care about what you're building and it's yours, uh, it makes it a lot easier to get out of bed every day, especially for me, I find that working with, for me, working with kids and my primary clientele is high school and and some college. But I I find that like, if I'm having a bad day and then I get to see one of my athletes, it makes my day better. Right. Like I I get energy out of this personally. That's me. Right. Whereas when I worked in the corporate world, I dreaded getting out of bed. I I don't want to go to this job. And I, and I should have been more grateful because I was getting a good paycheck. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I just don't want to do this. Now working with children, there's just something about it that that really energizes me. And I think that, that a lot of that keeps me going. I agree. 
<laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I'm curious too, when you're talking about getting, you know, equipment and merch and all those types of things, like, do you have sponsors that you work with partners? Uh, that is something that is growing. Yes. That is something that is growing. Something that we are very welcome and open to. <laughs> okay. So is it typically like, are you, are you looking typically in the Grand Rapids community in Michigan, anywhere you can get the help? Uh, I mean, right now everything's been pretty local, but I mean, if there is anyone outside of Grand Rapids nationally, internationally, mm-hmm. uh, hello, my name is Dominique Shannon. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's it's true because I, I again I relate to that in the sense that you know we spend a lot of time and we spend a lot of money to grow our businesses because we believe in something that we're doing, and it all comes out of our pockets. Right. And everybody needs help, you know? And so, you know, every once in a while there, somebody comes along and says, Hey, I really love what that person's doing. I love what that group is doing and I want to help them. And so that's part of the reason why I I do this podcast is to have people like yourself on to talk about your stories, like talk about like what's important to you. It, 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 it's, it's valuable to the people who listen and it's valuable for me to be able to have people like you on to get that exposure. Right. So that's a big part of the mission here is to kind of, bring to light the people too. Like I'm friendly, like I'm very, um, friendly to development first organizations, development first coaches, development first parents, because that that's what it's all about. Right. Cause at some point you retire from your sport, right. Whether it's in high school, college, professional, whatever it is, you're going to go on to something else and you're not going to be an athlete forever, right? So, yeah, how do we become better athletes? But also, how do we learn those lessons so that those transitions out of sport are easier? They're more meaningful versus like being depressed, you know, being like, you know, what's my what's my what's my purpose in life? You know, that's why we have these conversations. So, um, I guess you know, I, I would ask you as we're sort of maybe moving towards wrapping up a little bit, like from a marketing perspective, like how do you like how are you spreading the word? to the families that you want to uh, engage with, to have them come into the community? Like what sorts of things are you doing to sort of spread the word? Uh, we've done a lot of uh, work within the community um, earlier years and even now um, with basketball and, and partnering with certain events, mm-hmm. um, being involved in certain college events as well. Um, I would say a lot of our, again, our humanitarian work, we've done a lot of free events, whether it was, uh, we did a Father's Day basketball training at the park. Um, We've done a two-on-two for um, middle school and high school kids at the park, Mm -hmm. uh, which was also free. Um, We've done a lot of free events um, with basketball being the Mm -hmm. magnet and allowing the magnet to, you know, bring everybody in. And now Mm -hmm. we give you the conversation and the information that we need to provide. Uh, we host an annual uh, basketball tournament, four-team tournament, um, our Labor Day Classic, uh, which we host at the park, um, Dickinson Park. We've hosted it there for mm-hmm. the past couple of years. We've also hosted uh, the tournament at King Park. So it's a free tournament, uh, four teams. So there, it's made up of uh, 10, 10 young men each, so 40 guys. Um, and we and they duke it out for, you know, bragging rights and a, a trophy and an MVP trophy. Uh, the last couple of years, and it's, it brings out the best talent in the Grand Rapids area. We even had some young men from Muskegon participate, which was, which was great. Um, but a lot of the kids in the Grand Rapids area are participating. We choose four captains, um, just based on you know their status in the basketball community, and also you know them as a student athlete. Um, then they they pick their teams and you know battle it out on the on the blacktop. So 
Um, a lot of what we do is also taking it back to how we were first introduced to basketball. So we do uh, partake in a lot of events outside, especially in the summertime, um, especially during, you know, COVID season as well. Where sure. When COVID passed, yeah. um, you know, we were able to, you know, get outside, but now we're back in the gym. So everything's getting back to normal. Uh, it's been fun. Well, that brings up a couple of things for me. One is like when I think about hosting a tournament like that, like the logistics, right, of trying to pull that all together. Right. The host, the cost of it, right? Like those are great events for the community and that obviously helps to build your reputation. It's a great thing you're doing. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of investment in that, right? Like just thinking about what it takes to pull that together. Sounds like a lot of work. It is. Um, <laughs> but I have a great team, like, that's that's half the battle as well. Having a good team, uh, strong council, and I mean each and every every event. You know, it seemed like there was something that was you know delaying things or having something dragging, but at the end of the day, you know, it turned out to be a hit. Turned out to be a success. So, you know, whatever bump we bumped into or rolled over, it was worth it. Nice, nice. And so you, I wasn't thinking about this, but you brought it up. So, how did COVID affect all in? How did it affect the business? So during COVID year, I was actually um, invited to coach uh, college basketball. I was a graduate assistant at Salem University, so D2 in West Virginia. Um, so I coached there under uh, Robert Ford and, and Carlos Robinson. Um, great experience. Um, during the COVID year, we had, you know, close to, what, 25 games or something like that, scheduled mm -hmm. 30, whatever it is. Um, we were only able to play 12. We went six and six on the season. Um, we were testing two or three times a week, um, having to stay isolated. It, it was it was really different when I thought about it from the experience of my college experience and, you know, just, I mean, living life normally. And then we're asking our student athletes not to go to parties, you know, mm. not to be social. Um, only sit with the team at, at lunch. You know, it was it was very different, but um, we had two, no, we had one. We had one, one major outbreak within the team. Um, I was one to not catch it, but just about most of the team mm -hmm. uh, came down with it. So we did have to take a, a, a long break. I think our break was close to a month um, before we actually got back out there and, you know, started playing again. So for me, you know, I was down in West Virginia um doing that and also obtaining my master's at the same time and back home um it, it didn't harm us you know it's it, we weren't where we are now um at the time we were only a couple teams and i want to say two or maybe three teams in um and we did have you know limited access um uh, with limited people so um we really weren't you know hit heavy um and then with me going away i was still able to you know gain some valuable experience while there was a bit of a stoppage in, you know, everything that was going on around the world. Um, but then once I came back home, um, I was there for a year. Once I came back, um, COVID was starting to, the restrictions were starting to be, you know, a bit more lenient. And then we just hit the ground running. So I really didn't miss much because COVID paused everything. And, and my guy, Landon Mishner, who's the, the, mm -hmm. uh, the assistant director, um, he really kept things going for me. So I'm thankful for him. And that's why I mentioned the team. Like the team is, is so valuable. You know, you want to mm -hmm. make sure you have quality people around you, quality counsel. Uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes with basketball. Mm -hmm. And and I'm thankful, very, very thankful for him. So he was able to you know, keep everything afloat, 
And, you know, now that I'm back, we're both keeping it afloat. Excellent. So I guess a couple more questions. I'm curious about the college coaching at at the college level. So were there any lessons that you learned in that experience coaching at Salem University that you've applied in your work, working with high school, like age AAU, you know, basketball players? Like what did you learn from the college experience as a coach that maybe you apply in working with those high school athletes who want to get to that level? Uh, me going through that experience, it upped my preparation level. Um, mm-hmm. Practices are a bit more detailed. Uh, lingo is explained very, very detailed. Um, even the watching the film um, is strongly emphasized. It, it's hard to preach to a student athlete that, hey, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. They're not looking at it from the other scope. So the bird in the sky always tells the truth. So um, mm-hmm. to any coach out there, please watch film with your kids as, as, as early as possible, you know, just to break things down and give them a, a better understanding. Cause I mean, it could just seem like, well, coach, you're just barking at me. You're not telling me anything, but again, watching the film that creates the, the outcome, you know, for the conversation. Um, so excuse me one second. Mm-hmm. Um, I got choked up. I'm sorry. Can you repeat your question? <laughs> no, I was, I was just I, I was just asking you how your experience at the college level coaching at Salem right. okay. has influenced what you're doing with the high school athletes. Like basically, like you know, I know you said like you're learning to be you learn to be more detail oriented, right? right. Putting in the work in the film room, but like, what are some of the things that you saw there that you're not telling your high school guys? Like, hey, listen, if you want to play at this level, you need to do this. Besides, maybe watch a film. Um, I would say the, the a big difference that I realized is simply just making reads and mm. uh, understanding how to really play basketball. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a, a way to play basketball within your own feel and, you know, your own rhythm and flow of the game. Um, but one thing that we're seeing with, you know, a lot of the kids in our community, um, they aren't being taught. And that's another reason where the, you know, where the program comes in. There are certain principles that, I ask as the director for each coach to touch on and I, mm-hmm. and I present those principles. So like, that's the foundation of the program. Um, but yeah, just, you know, being able to make reason, understanding why certain passes are being made. Um, but again, that comes from watching film and, and mm-hmm. breaking things down and, and giving a different understanding. Um, it's hard for me to tell again, if a few possessions pass, I finally get a, get a chance to call a timeout and I'm trying to present something that happened two or three possessions ago. I can say it, but it'll have more of an impact if I'm able to watch it later after, you know, Definitely. once the game is over. Um, so that's major. Like, it's, it's, it's very, very major. But, um, yeah, just reading, just reading, reading, reading. I can't emphasize that enough. But those are, you know, more principles and just more, you know, with breakdown drills. Mm-hmm. Like, just going to the college level, it really just gave me a better understanding of of how to, again, prepare. Like I've sat through a practice at uh, University of Michigan when John Beeline was there. Yeah, um, so seeing coach. how he Very. Uh, seeing how he prepared was, you know, it was an eye-opener for me, and that was earlier um, in my high school coaching days. Um, getting an opportunity to go to, uh, there's an event here called BCAM, um, and they host an ev- annual event uh, where they bring in college coaches, breakout sessions, seminars, things of that nature. So being in those environments and just listening um, to conversation from, you know, great coaches. One of, one of the coaches that I like is uh, Bob Huggins. 
Uh, I, I like listening to him. I, I seen him at the uh, one of the B Cam events, and I just like the way his his teams always guard. So I've mm-hmm. always watched him very very closely. Um, but getting an opportunity to uh, hear him and his philosophies, like one thing that I learned too is, you know, coaches will go to these these conferences and these meetings and you know, hear their favorite coach speak. And then now they're changing everything that, you know, they even believe in. And, and I think you're supposed to, you know, chew the, chew the chew the meat, spit out the bones. I mean, everything doesn't apply. Like it doesn't apply, but just receiving the conversation, allowing your thoughts to develop from other coaches' conversation, mm-hmm. you know, whether they've been successful or not, um, there's a seat for everybody. Yeah. All right. So here's the last question I'll ask you. I, I asked this question to everybody to end in some form. Um, so if you had to give one piece of advice to a family, right, whether it's the player or the parents in terms of what they should be thinking about when they're selecting a program, an AAU program or a basketball program or any sport, like what would that piece of advice be to that family in terms of what to think about? The the I hate to answer your question with a question, but what I would ask the family is what do you want to get out of this? Okay. Because, um, you know, some may just be playing just to be playing. Their friend is playing um, and they want to give it a shot. Um, My son or daughter has started to develop a liking for the game. And um, now we want to put them in the environment, you know, get them comfortable, get them developing and see if they really want to do it. Then you also have the. Well, well, we scholarship or nothing, you know, so, you know, it really just depends on Mm -hmm. you know what everybody is after. Um, most are after that scholarship, you know, which is understandable. Um, but it also would depend on, you know, their age. So, I mean, there's so many different factors that I mm-hmm. believe that goes into how to answer that question. So it's kind of hard for me to give a, a direct answer. Um, but I mean, even, you know, like I said, if it was someone in the elementary age, you know, we, the, the focus has to be development. Um, of course we want to win, but you know, if it was, if, if we're, discussing and having conversations with parents and it's just more about the wins, 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 then, you know, maybe we may not be the program for you. And that's, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, But, you know, if it's more of the development, um, them being around strong black men, uh, relatable men, Mm -hmm. um, relatable women, coaches, as well as we have, we do have representation, which I believe representation matters sincerely. Mm -hmm. Um, then yeah, you know, we're the place, but I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many factors. I wish I could answer it more direct, but my no, mind, it's a great answer when you ask, when you ask that question, it, it's a great, it's a great answer. It's a great answer in the sense that yeah, sometimes you do have to answer a question with a question because you're right, because your program would think what I heard you say is your program is not for everybody, right? This is what you do. And right. this is what you want to do well. And if it doesn't fit for a family, that's okay. You're not there to bring everybody in. You're bringing the people in who believe in what you're doing, which is what's going to make the program stronger over time. Absolutely. It's a great way to end. Dominique, thank you for coming on to the podcast. It was great getting to know you and, and talking Absolutely. to you and hearing more about what you're doing. Uh, best of luck with everything and let's stay in touch. Sounds good. I appreciate the time. Have a good one. You too. Thanks a lot. So, What's your biggest takeaway from a conversation with Dominique Shannon? My biggest takeaway is that families should look for an AAU or club program that fits their family's values. My suggestion to families is to do your homework when selecting a sports program. Development-oriented sports programs exist. Investing time to research and ask the right questions will make all the difference. 
I want to thank Dominique for his kind generosity and the wisdom he shared with the Freshman Foundation community. You can learn more about All In Sports at allinsportsclub.com and on Instagram at allinsportsclub. To learn how mental performance coaching can help your mind work for you rather than against you, visit michaelvhuber.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back soon for episode 50. Mike Huber is the founder and owner of Follow the Ball Coaching, located in Fairhaven, New Jersey. He is a mental performance coach and business advisor dedicated to serving athletes just like you reach their full potential on and off the court. The Freshman Foundation is all about helping you get to the next level. For more information, follow along on Instagram at The Freshman Foundation. Please subscribe. Give us a like on iTunes, Spotify, leave a review, tell a friend. Most importantly, come back in two weeks. Ready to get better.